The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. You know, there's a couple things in life that you just shouldn't do. You know, there's some rules and things that you just shouldn't do. You know, you, you don't make artificial, intelligent, military robots. That never works out well in the movies, all right? So you don't do that. You know, you if you go out drinking, you must eat. You don't go out drinking without eating first. There's just things you don't do. You go out on a date, girl calls you four or five times the next day, you don't go back out on a date with that chick. What's the other thing that we don't do? We don't weaponize smallpox, okay? Apparently Bill Gates, you know, he wants to weaponize smallpox. He wants bioweapons, and he thinks that we just don't have the good therapeutics and the good vaccines that we should have from this last pandemic. Just listen to a little bit of Mr. Population Control, Bill Gates, talk about the pandemic and our response to it. Are we doing things now, or rather, are we not doing things now that we really need to be doing in preparation for the next pandemic? Yeah, so it's 2015 that I gave the uh, TED Talk and wrote a number of papers uh, titled, We're Not Ready for uh, for the next pandemic. And sadly, that was uh, a better forecast of what would happen than uh, anyone would have wished for. You know, the economic damage, the, you know, the deaths, it's been completely horrific. And I would expect that will lead the R&D budgets to be focused on things we didn't have today. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission we got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new, a new way of doing the vaccines. We didn't get much in the way of therapeutics, uh, you know, dexamethasone, and now molnupiravir um, uh, could help, but way less than than should have been the case. We didn't get the diagnostics up and running in order to, you know, achieve what at least Australia and New Zealand showed that. Uh, competent management could keep the death rate down uh, pretty dramatically. And so I'm hoping in five years I can write a book called, you know, we are ready for the next pandemic, but it'll take tens of billions in R&D that the U.S. and the U.K. will be part of that. It'll take probably about a billion a year for a pandemic task force at the WHO level which is doing the surveillance and actually doing what I call germ games, where you practice. You say, okay, what if uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports? You know, how would the world respond to that? Uh, you know, that there's naturally caused epidemics and bioterrorism caused epidemics that could even be way worse than what we experience today. And yet the advances in medical science should give us tools that, you know, we, we could do dramatically better. So you'd think this would be a priority. It, it, the next year will be where those allocations have to get made, including this global, um, pandemic task force. The nice thing is a lot of the R and D we need to do 
to be ready for the next pandemic are things like making vaccines cheap, having big factories, uh, eradicating the flu, getting rid of the common cold, making vaccines just a little patch you put on your arm, things that will be incredibly beneficial even in the years when we don't have pandemics. So, uh, you know, along with the climate message and the uh, ongoing fight against disease of the poor, the pandemic preparedness is something I'll be talking about a lot. And I, I think it'll find fertile ground because, you know, we lost trillions of dollars and millions of lives. And, you know, government citizens expect their governments not to let that happen again. Notice how his utopia is climate change, eradication of the flu, eradication of poverty, and uh, being able to have a quick response over over weaponized smallpox? Yeah, that's a scary proposition. A bioterrorist smallpox pandemic? If we don't learn our lessons from coronavirus? See, my theory is this. They're looking to globalize the world. But they know if they globalize the world, you're going to have communist China who's going to want their, their power uh, satiated. So the leaders of this new global United Nations of Davos are going to have to worry about being overthrown by the Xi Jinping regime. But then you also have to worry about the rogue terrorist cells that are going to be within your new government, your new global umbrella. So how do you deal with that? Well, you have to be two steps ahead of them. So when they want to poison part of your United Nations of Davos with anthrax or some sort of smallpox that's been weaponized, well, you can just hit them up with a little booster shot from Pfizer and everything's copacetic again, right? Now, remember, this guy who they keep talking as though he's some medical doctor. That's what I think is real funny. You question the vaccines. You question the lockdowns. You question the type of, of virus it is and whether or not you're in the, in the percentage of risk of getting it. And you're, you're looked at as, what are you, some expert? You think you're an expert? Um, and this guy... He created Microsoft, and he funds a lot of, a lot of philanthropic stuff. But somehow he's considered this guy who's going to be the, the expert on pandemics, right? Now, remember, he made this company. This is a video from Microsoft. And listen to the virtue signaling and the qualifying at the beginning of this video. It's astounding. Hello and welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial a people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. And I'm Seth Juarez, program manager in the AI platform group. I'm a tall Hispanic male wearing a blue shirt, khaki pants. Today we kick off two days of learning more about the latest solutions exploring how these key innovations can empower you to do great things and connecting with peers from around the world. This is Microsoft, but before I begin, I want to say that this 
building was placed on the Himashalaku uh, tribe's land and the Shawarma tribe and the Walla Walla Washington tribe and the Bebop Alubop Wap Shamu tribe. Uh, why did you even need to talk about that? I mean, seriously, that is some virtue signaling garbage right there. And you know what? Yeah, it may have been on land that some of the Native Americans had at some point. But you know what? We own it now. Not only that, a lot of it was purchased from them because these Native American tribes decided to sell it to us because they thought we were stupid and that we would buy and own land, which they didn't think was possible because land could not be owned. They were nomads. They had their areas and they warred against other tribes and they killed each other. And there was a, so it wasn't this peaceful, loving, harmonic, uh, you know, union between all the tribes that we came and disturbed. We came over, we found land that we lived on. They didn't care because they didn't own the land. And then they worked with us for a period of time until it turned the other way. And then we ended up taking a lot of the land. And some of it, yeah, was bloody and bad. And, you know, it, it is what it is. They're, name a country in the history of the world that did not conquer another land. <laughs> you can't. I mean, even those that came across the Bering Strait into the United States came over from Russia. Um, they, they were the first people here. So, um, you know, the Canaanites uh, were, were supposed to be wiped out by the Israelites for the first plot of land and the first land struggle back in, in Genesis, in the Bible. And have we determined whether or not that douche canoe that's right there with her, um, whether or not his pants identify as being brown or khaki? H has that been identified yet? And do we need critical khaki theory? Do we need equitable training on whether or not we are dead naming his khaki pants because he decided they were brown today, but they're khaki tomorrow? It's all insane. So, um, yeah. This whole thing, this wokeism, is in big tech. It's in corporations, and those corporations are now trying to fuse with big government. Here's another video, and, and it's crazy because the he-him guy with the beard is like the youth pastor. He's, he's got the, like, mohawk, and he's got the I'm-hip leather jacket, but he's trying to be, like, dressed down and cool, but he's also trying to be business casual. Um, he's got this... He, him, she, he qualifier BS. This is more of this Microsoft uh, video. Hello, everyone. I'm Natalie Godilla. I'm a Caucasian woman with long blonde hair, and I go by she, her. I'm a product marketing lead here at Microsoft and co-host of the podcast Security Unlocked with this guy. Yes, that would be me. Hello, everyone. I'm Nick Fillingham. I'm a Caucasian man with glasses and a beard. I go by he, him, and I'm a security evangelist here at Microsoft. We are so excited to be with you. You know, it's, it's really good that they're telling us their features. I don't know if that's because they're doing this for the blind people. But then again, if you were born blind and never could see, do you know what blonde is? Do you know what glasses are? I mean, I, I have no freaking idea why they're telling us what they're wearing. I'm wearing a sleeveless shirt and I'm blonde and I've got glasses and a mohawk and I'm a douche canoe. I don't know why they're doing that. But the qualifiers, the he, him, and they go through all this crap. And I thought he said that he was a... Uh, a tech evangelist, but maybe he meant tech analyst. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's insane. These people have lost their freaking mind. And this is the people who we defeated here in Virginia. Happy days are here again. I'm not going to sing the song like Pat Gray. But I will say this. It feels damn fine to live in a red state again. I haven't lived in a red state since at least 2000 and early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah, when we had Jim Gilmore and then we had Bob McDonald, which I heard the other day. I love that guy. Um, where we had actual governance and they worried about personal freedom and they didn't, you know, kowtow to all of the insanity of the left. You know, we went through, I mean, think about it. We went through Terry McAuliffe and then we went through Blackface Northam. So we had eight long years of garbage and wokeism. It was like Obama descended upon our state when we needed a DeSantis. I mean, DeSantis is out there just dropping countenance. I mean, that guy, first he was joking about the Biden administration. He said, hey, are you loving the Brandon administration? You know, Let's go, Brandon. And then he actually got up there and said a, a really cool little little phrase that I really wanted to share with you. He said, when your neighbor loses his job, that's called a, a recession. And when you lose your job, that's called a depression. When Fauci loses his job, that's called a recovery. <laughs> he is damn right. So I want to get in on the other side of this break, get into some of the World Economic Forum movement, the first movers coalition that is being built, the infrastructure bill that they're trying to pass, and a few other things that are culminating into the Great Reset just on the other side of this break. This is Adrian Slade. So look, before we get into... Uh, What's happening with the World Economic Forum? I think we need to kind of readjust our lenses and we kind of need to look at the world or look at America uh, what, from where we really are. And what I mean by that is we know that they have plans to go to a different government altogether, maybe a global government. That's the goal. They're already there. They're already legislating from that. They're already governing from that. That's what the infrastructure bill is. That's what all of the attempts to basically just ignore the Constitution. I mean, because that document is for the old America. That's not for this new country. That's not for the new America. They're operating from a different America. You look at what's happening with this Kyle Rittenhouse uh, incident. So... He's the kid, drove 20 minutes to across state lines when he brought a gun um, to Kenosha and uh, was involved in the riots. And he was trying to be the other side of the coin. And a guy comes up and chases him down with a gun. And in self-defense, he shoots him, kills that guy, and then shoots another guy in the arm. Well, the guy who got shot in the arm is up there on, you know... Uh, He's up there on the trial. He's up on the stand. And they ask him, they said, well, what happened with the first gentleman who died? Oh, well, yeah, he was coming after him with a gun. And he and you know, Kyle picked up his uh, barrel and pointed it and shot and, and defended himself. He didn't say the defended himself part, but that's basically the only assumption you can come to. So 
First off, that should close the case right there. Is it? I don't know. The police officers are up there lying about what really happened. Where one of the victims of Kyle's self-defense is up there trying to say that Kyle actually did defend himself in self-defense. Because this guy is on the wrong side. He is an enemy combatant. Kyle Rittenhouse is considered enemy combatant. So they're going to throw him in jail and they're going to leave him to rot like a January 6th insurrectionist. And we'll get to that. And then he's not even going to be given a fair trial. The prosecutor is like face palming himself while, while his, uh, you know, his witness is up there blowing, blowing the lid off the entire case, the entire fabrication. And then we find out that the FBI was flying a drone a drone over Kenosha as that was going down. The FBI who has been involved with the uh, plotting against governor Whitmer, you know, the kidnapping attempt, uh, the plotting of the January six insurrectionists with that Ray Epps guy and some other agents. They were out there for that other rally they tried to do last month. And we're supposed to believe that this same FBI who was using FISA warrants to uh, spy on a sitting president, a, a private citizen running for public office at the time, who then becomes the sitting president. And we're going to say, yeah, the FBI, yeah, they're straight. They're good. No. <laughs> and we've talked about the FBI, the manufacturing of terrorist cases that they just sometimes don't stop before they happen. <laughs> Um, there's an actual Business Insider article that talks about it, so it's not conspiracy theory. That's the leftist news you know, platforms. That's their platforms. But they're operating from another nation. And we have to put that in perspective. I mean, why is the FBI using uh, you know, the FISA court so flippantly? Because democracy dies in a million paper cuts. That's why Kyle Rittenhouse is out there defending himself. The FBI is flying a drone over it. The FBI knows what's going on. By the way, the FBI bought drone technology from China. There's a story on that. So was it a Chinese drone that the FBI was flying? Because this administration has a really good affinity for China, and they're, uh, they're bankrolling a lot of people in our government. But then at the same time, while he's up there defending himself in a court, Patron St. George, George Floyd uh, King Jr., his nephew's out there saying he's going to dox all the jurors and they're going to have people show up at their houses. So that's a bit coordinated, but everything in the naked communists, the bullet points, the, the uh, dismantling of the credibility of the FBI, uh, the, it's all there. I mean, that's some coordination. So why are they using the FISA warrants so flippantly to spy on all Americans? The NSA under Obama was spying on everybody. Now we find out there's, they're getting FISA warrants on journalists like Tucker Carlson. I mean, it's because they're operating from a post-American republic. You know, to make the transition to a new America, you got to be able to detect the dissenters pretty easily. And if you got the means to do so through FISA court warrants and things... Well, yeah, that'll be easy to do. You know, you, we've got to begin scrutinizing every action, every method, every step taken by the administration. 
including rhinos who voted for this infrastructure package in the House. We'll see if it makes it through the Senate. We need to start looking at them as though they're, they're operating and administering and governing from a new nation altogether. It's just we think that we're in the old America, the America that, well, that'll never happen here. This is America. Yeah, that'll never take it over. They'll never throw political prisoners in jail and solitary confinement just because they're dissenters. They'll, they'll never weaponize OSHA and the CDC against us and use the CDC to make sure that you can't kick out deadbeat tenants and we'll use OSHA to make sure that you get jabbed in the arm with some experimental biotech that is having adverse reactions with people with uh, cancers and myocarditis and yeah, we're, we're going to just do all these things. And then when they get challenged, we'll see if a judge is going to be on our side to just nullify the challenge and we can go about our way. I don't need no constitution. That's the old America's document. It's basically where we're at. I mean, you, you, and the thing is, the bad part is I see people in my office. I see people that are in stores. I'm walking by people down hallways. Most of those people have no idea that we're in this new, new nation. They still think we're in the America that, that has always existed. The one where you show up and vote and have your demands heard. You know, the one where you can take a red state. We can regain, we can take a blue state and regain its red pigmentation that it used to have 12 years ago and uh, have all these crazy election results. A truck driver beats a lifelong Democrat state senator. You've got a Democratic socialist running up against uh, somebody who was not able to get on the ballot in time. And so he became a write-in candidate and the write-in candidate wins. That kind of mandate where they almost lost New Jersey by just a few hundred votes until that late night dump happened. Um, that kind of mandate means nothing. They're just going to double down the next day because they're in the new nation. I mean, all of it, and all of what they're doing, none of it has been for the benefit of the American people. I mean, did you vote for president OSHA? Did you vote for president CDC? <laughs> I don't think you did. Um, you know, this, the interest of America is not at the forefront. The interest of illegal immigrants getting the possibility of having $450,000 paychecks coming to them because their child was stripped from them and thrown into the government-coerced sex trafficking, child trafficking operation that they've been running that Matt Gates uh, actually talked about, and then suddenly he was nailed with trafficking. I was going to do a podcast on that, and... I've got more information, so maybe I will. But um, they're going to be paid. Reparations are going to be given. You know, black farmers are going to get reparations for COVID, but not you white farmers. Um, your representation's completely gone, and you better start preparing and act locally because right now those are the only areas that haven't completely been taken over. They're being infected with CRT and things of that nature, but they're still an option to act locally and make something happen. But if you think you're just going to elect a president and that president's going to walk in and change the entire makeup of the nation, you're sadly mistaken. In fact, we might even need to start thinking convention of states that we need to start flipping more states, red fortifying their state legislatures, and then starting to gain, gain a coalition of those states 
so that we can move towards an, a convention of states. Because if not, it's going to turn into a bloodbath of physicality that I don't want to see happen. But, you know, I mean, if we're going to be honest, I've been screaming for years that they've been planning to move us to the new America. But even the smallest thing that they do makes you scratch your head thinking, why are they doing this? Eh, because it's not for us. It's for the new nation altogether. I mean, they're already governing a new nation. You just happen to reside here for the moment. You just happen to live on the property, on the, on the soil of the new nation, although you still think it's, you know, it's America. I mean, you wonder why they're flying underage illegals who are unvaccinated and probably unmasked into major cities, a bunch of them flown into Florida. Huh, isn't that funny? Because it isn't your country anymore. You know, I mean, we have to start looking at things from this angle. I mean, you wonder why we just up and left Afghanistan after 20 years and thousands of dead servicemen and women because they removed the, na the military from a former occupying nation out of the way for the new one. <laughs> and then they gave the resources over to China and Russia, who are working with the Taliban. I mean, you wonder why they keep doing these unconstitutional things with no legislation, mandates with no actual teeth. Because they've already moved on from governing America. They're governing something completely different. They're talking about things from a different place. I mean, the infrastructure bill will cost zero dollars because it's not being purchased with American currency. It's the debt of the new country, the new United Nations of Davos or whatever it's going to be. Our currency is already being decimated. I mean, you know, look at Steve Bannon. That guy, I can't stand Steve Bannon, all right? He's what do, what really put a black eye on Breitbart for a period of time, and uh, I've heard stories about him. Uh, but you know what? He's still a citizen of America, or at least he was a citizen of the former America. I mean, now Steve Bannon's considered bin Laden to the post-America. I mean, he is the enemy combatant who uh, dissented against the junta and... They think he coalesced a group to show up to attack the Capitol, right? <laughs> now they're bringing in Michael Flynn and they're bringing in, uh, was it Eastman? And, uh, you know, all the people that showed up on January 6th that went into the Capitol, most of the ones that went in there weren't, uh, were being flagged in there by the police. But the ones who did the most damage weren't even with, weren't even with the, pro the, the protesters. They were actual uh, Antifa undercover. They were FBI agents. They killed Ashley Babbitt. I mean, a good patriot who just happened to be going into the Capitol. Um, all of those people that are in jail are enemy combatants. They're looked at as Gitmo detainees, right? They're, they're against the junta and they're still in prison and in solitary confinement. You know, so the, so the house of representatives is going to vote to, Call Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress, right? Steve Bannon, contempt of Congress um, for not showing up. He's a, he's a private citizen. Oh, because he is defying the new America's uh, the standard. And so Steve Bannon is going to be, you know, we're, we're not going to look at the contempt of Congress or even perjury of Congress that... Uh, you know, Anthony Fauci committed to get towards Ron Paul, maybe Peter Stroke towards 
uh, Chuck Grassley, maybe Christy Blasey Ford towards Jim Jordan. They all lied. Do they get perjury? I mean, yeah, I guess they showed up, but that's because they're all citizens of the post-America in the Biden junta or junta, actually. Steve Bannon, they're all enemy combatants and they get absolutely no rights afforded to them because they aren't citizens of this new nation, guys. The new post-America has released the former America's prisoners just as they downsize uh, regimes and they seize power. Um, just like we saw in Afghanistan, you know, they let all their prisoners go when we downsized our military out of there and uh, gave it over to the Taliban. <laughs> I mean, we did this in America in the name of coronavirus, yet enemy combatants of January 6th are extra jailed due to coronavirus. They can't be let out because they might get infected. But all the ones that might get infected in the jail, they get let out because they're not, they're citizens of America they're, or the new nation. They're not enemy combatants. And they're fine with the police force being decimated due to vaccine mandates that don't exist because they can't have the former America's law enforcement carrying out orders. They can't have someone like this guy in Italy get in their way. And the guy, uh, um, you know, was a police officer who was actually working with the protesters. I mean, you know, the, like, look, look what they're going to do with the currency of the new nation, a digital dollar. They can track your purchasing in real time. They might even disallow some purchases, like maybe say a gun, right? <laughs> and then, well, you know, maybe you'll get a driverless car that's going to run on its new 5G network. Well, maybe that Google car running on 5G that's self-driving, maybe it doesn't like the fact that you want to go to protest uh, the stolen election the next time around. Well, they'll just make sure that you can't get there. They'll shut your vehicle down, <laughs> right? <laughs> and remember, the lying goes only one way. I mean, the FBI can lie to you, and it's okay. They can lie to Congress, A-OK. If a GOP congressman lies to the FBI, well, they're done, right? A lawmaker charged for lying to the FBI, facing up to five years in prison. That's crazy. Uh, but, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, Nebraska GOP rep Jeff Fortenberry has been indicted by a federal grand jury for allegedly lying to investigators on an investigation into foreign donations to his congressional campaign. Fortenberry, 60, of Lincoln, Nebraska, was named in an indictment that cha uh, charges him with one count of scheming to falsify and conceal material facts and two counts of making false statements to the federal investigators. The indictments alleges that Fortenberry repeatedly lied to and misled authorities during federal investigation into illegal contributions to Fortenberry's reelection campaign made by foreign billionaire in early 2016. Gilbert Chatgory, a foreign national prohibited by federal law from contributing to any U.S. elections, arranged a $30,000 drop of his money to be contributed through other individuals' conduits to Fortenberry's campaign during a fundraiser held in Los Angeles. But, you know, he lied to the FBI, so, you know, I mean, think of the, think of the election. You want to talk about this new nation they changed the laws, and they did so through the lead. The, they did so through the, um, what the Secretary of State, right? Um, 
the courts, they can't change. They don't handle the legislation. So how are they able to change these constitutionally supported laws for election so that they can do mail-in ballots and they can drop box all this stuff? I mean, because this is the new democracy. This is the new nation. And Senate Republicans, um, they defeated a Democrat measure aimed at enacting sweeping federal election law changes, thank God. But the new nation, they wanted to put those changes in. I mean, many still live in an old mindset. They believe America was always uh, resilient. You know, to understand what Biden is doing, you have to start acting like everything they say, do, and act upon is from this new nation. That's why they say the infrastructure bill will cost zero dollars. That's why they put the FBI out on parents who are protesting school boards. They have political prisoners in jail, enemy combatants of the new nation. These fascist mandates that they're talking about, they wouldn't be surviving legal challenges in a constitutional republic, but this is the new nation, so start looking everything through those eyes. And then you're going to have to fight locally. I've said it a thousand times. But, you know, the new war was that they wanted you to, dis- they wanted to destroy you because you didn't accept the new nation. That was the insurrection. They were mad that you challenged the new nation from coming into existence. So they put up a barricade after they stole the election. They seized power. The junta stepped in and consolidated power, put up a fence, brought the military into sleeping parking garages to protect them, and then went after anyone who dissented, throwing them in jail. Yeah, this is from the Atlantic. January 6th wasn't a riot. It was a war. (laughs) <laughs> and HBO has a whole special on it. It's, it's unbelievable. Now, if you saw Tucker Carlson's special, you'd understand what really happened that day. While anyone who petitioned the government and assembled under the First Amendment was tracked down via cell phone metadata, which I know per- people personally, I know a handful of people personally who had the FBI contact them. I'm not going to give out names, but yeah. And the other thing is, if you were there and you have the FBI contact, you don't say anything because they can take whatever statement that they want, write it down on the 302, and that's a legal document. But, you know, they track down all these people using cell phone metadata. (laughs) I mean, that's insane. I mean, the FBI, look at at this. This is from um, Julie Kelly. Brett Mickle. A teacher who lives across the hall from James O'Keefe said it was about 6 a.m. when FBI agents arrived at Mr. Mickle's uh, residence. And the agent said something along the lines of FBI warrant open up. Why? Because James O'Keefe is a journalist who does uh, undercover investigations. And they had the diary of Joe Biden's daughter. And there is some bad stuff in there. Hmm. Apparently, uh, apparently Joe Biden likes to take showers with her and, oh man, it's, it's just so, you know, whenever the people go, oh, these crazy Q people out there, they think the pedophile government's going to do all their stuff. Well, guess what? (laughs) You can go down the list and go, there's some questionable people that are doing things with underage women that are very questionable. Um, but yeah, so they raided (laughs) journalists that were associated with Project Veritas and James O'Keefe 
because he was going to out some serious allegations made by the daughter of Joe Biden, Ashley Biden. And the FBI can't have that. They got to go in there and arrest him. Then they got to hit the mall and pick up some grandmas that are power walking early in the morning because they might have a MAGA hat on. Um, you know, this is they're Listen, what else they're doing? This is insane. They're compiling a list of law abiding gun owners. That's how much they despise you. They want to disarm you and rule over you because this is the new nation. This is from Adam Credo. I think he's with the free beacon. Biden administration stockpiling millions of records on U.S. gun owners amid a new crackdown on firearms, internal ATF docs, fuel concerns. Biden is building a massive illegal database of American gun owners. Oh, they'll spy on you. They'll track your purchases. I mean, thank God you don't have digital currency right now or they'll just stop you from buying them outright. Yeah, the Biden administration in just the past year alone has stockpiled the records of more than 54 million U.S. gun owners and is poised to drastically alter gun regulations to ensure that information on Americans uh, who own firearms ultimately ends up in the federal government's hands, according to the internal ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms documents obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. And, you know, they're a bang-up crew. <laughs> Just ask David Koresh out there in Waco. Oh, you can't. They burned his building down. Janet, Thanks, Janet Reno. The ATF in fiscal year 2021 processed 54.7 million out-of-business records. According to an internal ATF document obtained by the Gun Owners of America, a firearms advocacy group, and provided exclusively to the Free Beacon, when a licensed gun store goes out of business, its private records detailing gun transactions become ATF property and are stored at a federal site in West Virginia. The practice allows the federal government to stockpile sources of gun records and has drawn outrage from gun advocacy groups that say the government is using this information to create a national database of gun owners, which has long been prohibited under U.S. law. Because they are looking for the bad people, the bad citizens, the ones who live in the former America and haven't switched over to the new nation. This is the color revolution they talked about coming within America, the new nation. It's been building under, underway for a while, and we just keep pretending that the old America and the Constitution is still being followed. I mean, this is why they called it an insurrection, because the people were protesting the new nation while thinking they were still protesting the old American political overreach. So we had to start looking at things through new lenses, gang, because uh, this is where we are. You know, this is why, and it will only make sense when you do that. Everything that they do, you're going, why, how are they able to do this? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Because they're governing from the new nation. And Joe Biden's administration just did a partnership with the World Economic Forum while he was at COP26. That was the, uh, the, the big climate summit that we talked about in the last podcast. Well, they have now come to an agreement with the World Economic Forum and with these businesses, same businesses that are trying to force you into getting a vaccination that isn't a vaccination. It's experimental biotech. And uh, yeah. This is where we move into the World Economic Forum's new First Movers Coalition. So this is from the Markets Insider. Launch of First Movers Coalition, Engie, 
I guess that's some company, joins as a founding member. As a founding member, Engie joined today the First Movers Coalition, officially launched at the COP26 convention. The coalition is a partnership between the World Economic Forum and the U.S. Office of the Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, John Kerry. That guy couldn't become president because the swift boats came out. And John Kerry, to me, is probably a communist. I mean, heck, he spent a lot of time with the Viet Cong, right? He was up there talking about how the military was akin to Genghis Khan, you know? Um, so now he's the client, uh, he's the climate envoy, special envoy to the president. So he wasn't elected. He doesn't even have a bureaucratic position. They just made that up. Now, never mind the fact that John Kerry's, uh, was his stepson, um, is involved with a deal with Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the president's son, uh, with China and Ukraine and energy companies that they know nothing about. Yeah. Um, this is a giant wealth transfer away from Saudi Arabia over to China, away from energy independence from America over to China. All of our vehicles will be green energy electric vehicles that will run out of ga- run out of power at 400 and some miles, and then you'll have to get it recharged where you could have just filled up your tank and kept going. Um, the disposal of these batteries is detrimental to the environment. The amount of chips that it takes is incredible uh, from anywhere from 300 in a standard vehicle these days up to 3000. And uh, those chips will be made in China. This is nothing more than a Chinese uh, transfer of wealth and power. And you can go back and listen to the great regret podcast that I did that lays out how China wins on everything. And so it's no surprise that John Kerry is going to push along with the World Economic Forum, Larry Fink from BlackRock, who's buying up all the houses and you'll own nothing and be happy in 2030 because you can just rent everything. Maybe you'll rent your house. Maybe they'll put unrealized gains tax on your on your home and then you won't be able to pay the tax liability and they'll just, BlackRock will come in and you know, bail you out, take over your house and rent it to you or rent it to somebody else. Um these people want to reimagine the world in a communist direction. And they're putting it into action. I mean, look at this. NG aims to bolster demand and supply for low carbon technologies. Listen to that. They want to bolster demand and supply. So there isn't a lot of demand and there isn't a lot of supply. So they're going to bolster it through this new thing. So what they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, you can get an electric car. Because guess what? We're going to stop making the combustible engine um, because it's detrimental to the environment. In fact, we're going to ban Z-turn lawnmowers and uh, weed whackers and, you know, leaf blowers, right? In California, they did this. So we're going to eliminate the production of cars with a combustible engine. In fact, we're going to do away with with oil, right? We're going to close all of our pipelines. Then we're going to bitch and moan at OPEC because they're not divvying out oil left and right like it's you know their responsibility to do so uh eliminate fracking and then they're going to turn around and say well these electric cars are inefficient and they're expensive so we're going to give you a bunch of credits it is coerced market it, it is a coerced capitalism i mean think about it 
you can't buy an efficient green energy car. So, I mean, Teslas are pretty cool, but, you know, it, it's still who's powering the power stations. It's the coal fire plants that are still emitting the uh, emissions. But they want to get you to buy an electric car. And the only way they can do that is through giving you subsidies and tax credits and putting money towards it. So they effectively have become the means of production, right? That's the, the government is now saying that they're going to work with these companies in concert through this World Economic Forum uh, First Movers Coalition. They're going to partner with these businesses so that we can move by 2050. What do they say? 2050, they're going to move to the 2050 climate goals, uh, focusing on hard to abate sectors where green gases and green fuels are required, in particular aviation, shipping, and trucking. First Movers Coalition is a new collective initiative aimed at accelerating by 2030 the development of scale of competition and competitive net zero carbon supply chains. So they're going to move to that, right? But they're going to do so with the government's coercion. They're, the government coer the coercion that is required to get you to buy vegan food is insane. The coercion that is required to buy electric cars and the coercion that is required to take something like ExxonMobil, who is now going to uh, scale back its its freaking core competency. It's a gas company. It's a freaking oil company. They're going to scale that back into green energy. It shows that who ultimately is going to control the means of production. Well, in a kind of governmental contractor kind of way, it's going to be the government. Ultimately, who's going to divvy out the money? Who's going to divvy out the subsidies? Who's going to effectively stroke and manufacture and fabricate and manipulate the supply and the demand. It's going to be the government. So what is a governmental ideology that is built on the ownership of the means of production by the government? Oh, that is socialism. That is communism. And that's what's coming on a global scale. And Apple's on board with this too. Yep. Apple joins the first coalition uh, first movers coalition to cut carbon emissions. Now, I don't know what kind of carbon emissions Apple's pumping out. I guess servers and things like that are using electricity. But yet, like I said, go back and listen to the Great Regret uh, podcast I did. We did a whole section as to how China is not only upping the production of coal fire plants and not only housing businesses within their borders that will emit more emissions per business than entire nations. They're also disallowing the coal fire plant financing of any country outside of its borders, because a lot of people were going to China to sell bonds and, and gain financing. It's obvious what's going on here. This is a wealth transfer and a power transfer. Xi Jinping has now said he is going to be president for life. He is, pa he is passing a measure to make himself president for life. What does that say? <laughs> that says they know that they're on the cusp of a power grab. Now, their economy is shaky. They're not falling in line with any of these. They didn't even show up to the COP26 
Joe Biden blasted him. China didn't even show up. Well, because they don't care. And you're dumb for caring. Obama gets up there and he's talking about, well, you know, Trump got in office and took us out of the Paris Accords. And now we're back in. Thank goodness, because he messed up all the work I was doing. We outdid the goals of the Paris Accord while not being in the Paris Accord. Why? Because it was about national sovereignty and it was about maintaining our independence. Brexit still hasn't even finished it, right, guys? You see what I'm saying? So keep in mind, as the World Economic Forum grows and this first movers coalition grows, they're basically saying, you guys didn't vote for this, but we don't care. We're governing a new nation. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Listen to the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in, iHeart. You can subscribe to it. Also, if you'd like to support us financially, go to anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. You can be on the show. Call in 1929-GO-GO-USA. Leave a message and you might be on the show. Until next time, God bless you.